from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Bram. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, it's Thursday noon Eastern. We're taking your calls right now live at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also the licensed psychologist and former recruiter. And Dream Team is in studio all hour long. Michelle and Dion. So give us a call, 844-942-7866. Hey, in case you weren't aware, May is is Mental Health Awareness Month. This marks the 70th year. Started in 1949. And here's the deal. There are no more stigmas around mental health. So if you or someone you know needs help, wants help, curious about learning more, you can go to a number of resources online. But one of the most comprehensive is NAMI.org, N-A-M-I, the National Alliance on Mental Health. They have a ton of resources on all types of call lines. There's books. There's lots of things. Don't ignore it. This is a great month to get started as May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, hey, you're just tuning in. You are listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And today we welcome Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, a nonprofit organization fighting stigmas and advancing opportunities for people with disabilities. Mizrahi has met one-on-one with 43 of America's governors on disability issues. She has also done projects with the White House and more than 60 U.S. senators, as well as worked with ambassadors from 85 different nations. She's involved in the Emmy Women... Emmy-winning TV show Born This Way and Advancing Diversity in Hollywood. She's got more publications, media appearances, and everything else than we can cover in an hour. She is just amazing. We are so excited to have you on Career Talk, Jennifer. Don, thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to spend time with you and your listeners today. Well, you are so passionate about this topic. And, And seriously, as I was researching respectability and your background, I was just floored. We could have spent the entire hour just going through all of the work you've done in this area. And it's amazing. And I'm so excited that we get to share this with our listeners today because it's such an important topic. And let's let's just kind of get started. What drew you to this work, Jennifer? Well, I think the important thing and, and why I'm so passionate about it is that disability impacts so many of us. I myself am dyslexic. I have ADHD. As a parent, I know what it means to raise a child with multiple disabilities, but I also have family members and loved ones with disabilities. Disability impacts so many of us, whether it's mental health, as you were talking about earlier, or learning disabilities, or physical, or sensory, or otherwise. It just touches so many of our lives. I, I completely agree, and I think this is this is a great time to define what that is because I think a lot of people have their own idea or own category of what they believe. Um, you know, we're talking about here today, but it is so broad. So, can you give us an overview of of you know what types of of things are we talking about under this umbrella, Jennifer? Right. So the Census Bureau actually um, defines it as having something that is a barrier to everyday living. So it can be a learning disability that's significant. It can be a mental health condition. It can be addiction. It can be that you're blind or you're deaf or you use a wheelchair. Um, It's that you have cancer and you have significant chronic pain or maybe fatigue during chemo. So disability can be something that you're born with, or for most people who have a disability, it's something that they acquire due to aging or illness or an accident. So it's it's extremely broad, which um, makes it that much more difficult when you when you think about um, you know all of the laws and all of the the things that that we're going to cover today. Because again, we could dedicate a whole month to a show like this and um, not cover everything there is to cover. Hey, if you're just tuning in, maybe you're a small business or maybe you're a manager and you want some more information about the the way to approach hiring individuals with disabilities, or maybe you're an individual yourself with a disability and you're 
struggling to get hired into a job, you are tuning in on the right day. We are live all hour long. If it's Thursday noon Eastern on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we are so excited to have Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, on the show all hour long. So, Jennifer, what's what's one of the biggest misperceptions that is out there about people with disabilities? I think the biggest misperception is that people with disabilities are not capable. I mean, by definition, a disability means there's something that you can't do, whether it's you can't see or you can't hear or you're dyslexic. It's something you can't do. But just because you can't do one thing doesn't mean you're not a superstar in something else. I mean, we saw Stephen Hawking, unlike the secrets of the universe, from a wheelchair. We see Stevie Wonder um, be a fantastic singer. He's blind. Okay, but that doesn't impact his ability to sing. Um, We see the company Ernst & Young. uh, Arthur Young, the co-founder of Ernst & Young, was deaf. People wouldn't give him a chance because he was deaf, so he wound up starting his own company. Well, the guy was unbelievable at numbers and finance and management advice, and their company, a large part of their success is the talent that they intentionally bring on board with disabilities that also happen to have extraordinary abilities. So you've been doing this work for a while, and you bring up um, Arthur Young of Ernst & Young. You know, have we made progress, Jennifer? And, and you know, is, is it significant progress? I know we have a long way to go, but, you know, where are we now as opposed to then? So we still have a very, very long way to go. Today, only one out of three working-age people have a, ha, with disabilities have a job, only one out of every three. And over 70% want to work. So this is one of the biggest things. We do see more and more people with disabilities are starting their own companies because the stigmas and the low expectations mean frequently that people won't hire people with disabilities. So they do start their own businesses in larger numbers than people without disabilities. Uh, So we still have a really, really long way to go. Okay, so one out of three, and I'm assuming you're talking about adults who want to be working. And um, what are some of the the challenges that they're facing? I think that uh, part of the issue, as we talked about, is, is the low expectations. But part of it is people don't know how many resources there are that are free. For example, our nonprofit organization, respectability.org, has all kinds of free resources. Um, so again, it's respectability.org. You go on to it. There's a lot of free tips for employers or for job seekers with disabilities. You know, most of the answers about how to handle an employee that has a wheelchair or somebody who might be blind, um, you know, most of those answers, you're not the first person to ask the question. And so those answers, we have them for you. We have them for you for free. And so does an organization called AskJan.com. Org, they have everything for you. And in fact, they have a 24-7 free chat line where you can ask direct questions. So I think one of the things is people think it's going to be complicated or hard or expensive. Um, most accommodations are actually free, and almost all of them are under $500. That, and that's great. And you also talked about um, American job centers, which are legally obligated Right. So there are 3,000 American job centers around the country. These are places where people can go and seek support and technical guidance as they're looking for a job. And legally now, these organizations have to serve job seekers with disabilities just like they would serve people um, without disabilities. And so those are 3,000 places across the country where you can go and they'll help you with your resume. They'll help you with networking. They might teach you how to do a job interview. View. So they can be very, very helpful partner in somebody's job search. That's fantastic. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, Channel 132, powered by the Wharton School. And we are live if it's Thursday at noon Eastern. We want to take your questions. Any and all career questions are always welcome on Career Talk. And today we're talking about a very important topic. We have Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, a nonprofit organization 
Foundation Fighting Stigmas and Advancing Opportunities for People with Disabilities here to answer any and all of your questions. There are no silly questions. I think one of the challenges we have both with this topic as well as May is Mental Health Awareness Month is that we're afraid to ask questions, Jennifer. We're afraid to talk about it. We're afraid to offend somebody. We're afraid of what we don't know. We're afraid to say the wrong thing. And I think this is this is what gets wrapped up in everything and why we're not having more conversations. Is that is that something you see, Jennifer? Absolutely. I mean, but the end at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're looking to be to hire someone with a disability, if you don't know how to accommodate them, we use a system we call um, at ask the person ATB ask ATP ask the person because it's not like the person just had the disability starting five minutes ago they've been living with it they know it works they know it doesn't work so you can ask them you know you have a disability what what do you need so you can really thrive in this work and that that conversation should be kept in confidence between the human uh, resources leader on the team and that individual so it's not like they go to the HR person and then the memo goes around saying such and such has a mental health condition. No, um, it just might be that such and such on the team needs to leave early on Wednesdays. So every other day of the week, um, they come in a little bit early. So they work the same number of hours. But on Wednesday afternoons, they have a standing medical appointment, for example. Um, you know, really important to protect people's privacy in this process. Yeah, I imagine that people build up more in their head about what what the challenges are going to be in terms of a hire. They're thinking, well, it's going to be expensive to accommodate or I'm going to have to give this person so many accommodations they're not going to be as productive. And you kind of work all these things in before you ask. And that's 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 a challenge. That becomes a barrier. And so this idea of ask the person, just have the conversation, get it out there, talk about it is is a great place to start. 844-844-942-7866. Hey, are you a hiring manager, small company, or are you an individual who's been struggling to land a job? You are on the right channel. We are here at Career Talk, taking your calls all hour live. If it's Thursday, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are very excited to have the president of Respectability, Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, on the show all hour long to answer your questions. Hey, we need to talk more about this. So we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your questions are. We want to hear what you're scared of, what you don't know, what you don't know if you don't know. Give us a call, 844-942-7866. Okay, so Jennifer, is there any data I'm just curious about like what what um, you know you hear the term for the America with Americans with Disability Act that was signed into law in 1990 that that an employer needs to make reasonable accommodations and that's that's pretty vague what does that mean what I mean do we have a dollar amount what are we talking about here Good question. So it, it really means reasonable means depending largely on the size of your organization. If you're a small organization with a fragile budget, um, you don't have an obligation to make accommodations even. Um, but if you're a multinational corporation um, and you're large or if you're a government contractor in particular, um, then you really are expected to make those accommodations for people um, with disabilities on your team. Listen, a lot of companies are intentionally hiring people with disabilities. I'll give you an example. There's a chain of stores in Minnesota and Iowa, and it's called Quick Trip. And it's like a 7-Eleven. It's just like a little mini mart that you go in different places. And they've noticed that one of the jobs that they need to do every week is restocking of shelves and some of the environmental services of cleaning up the environs in which they work. And so they carved out a job for people with intellectual disabilities to come in 15 hours a week. And what they did is they made pictures of what the shelf should look like when it's done. So it just laminated the pictures in a three-ring binder, and they say, hey, this is what this shelf should look like when it's done. And so they have the picture, and they can stock the shelf. They do a spectacular job. The company has been so happy with this that they've already hired over 250 people with disabilities. And once they get good at this and they get good at working, they can apply for any job inside the company. So it's been really, really win-win for them because it's enabled some of their other employees to have to spend a little bit less time on stocking the shelf and maybe a more time interacting with the customers while still ensuring that the store is in complete full order. 
Yeah, I love that story. And, and it brings me to the, the next thing. Something we also talked about is that, you know, you've talked to governors in 43 states and there are certainly better situations in certain states than others. And I'm not suggesting people get up and move to these states. But can you speak a little bit to the work you've done there and and which states kind of rank up there for being some of the best for this population? Absolutely. So first of all, in some states, only one out of every four people have a, with a disability whose working age has a job. And in other states, it's twice as good. It's over 50% of the people with disabilities have jobs. So if you look at the Dakotas or Wyoming, or if you look at the county where I live, which is Montgomery County, Maryland, over 50% of people with disabilities have jobs. One of the reasons is the high expectations for people with disabilities in those areas. Another reason is that the employers frequently know the people with disabilities personally, like in the Dakotas, for example, or in Wyoming, there are fewer people and they really reach out to one another and make sure that they help each other get jobs and that they're successful in those jobs. But there's a huge difference between West Virginia, which is, you know, 25% and some of these other states, which are over 50%. And we see in some of the major cities, like unfortunately in Los Angeles, only one in four uh, people with a disability has a job. So we're working intentionally um, deeply now in Los Angeles to try and align the the systems because one of the most important things is enabling people to go straight from school to work. We consider the couch the enemy. We don't want people to go home after they're done with school school and spend years sitting on a couch, um, you know, getting overweight and watching TV or getting addicted to social media um, before they start that that job search. Their get up and go is gone at that point. So we want them to go directly from school to work. Yeah. And um, 844-942-7866, if you've got a question or comment on Career Talk, we'd love to speak with you. It's live Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So give us a call. Um, so, Jennifer, you know, along those lines, what can what can individuals do in some of those states that are just not really doing their job in terms of employing um, individuals with disabilities? You're obviously doing so much. Respectability is doing so much. But what can what can we do? What can employers do? What can individuals do? Well, they can be in touch with respectability. I'm easy to reach here um, to let them know exactly what's going on in their state. We've actually testified in all 50 states, so we've looked at the data in every place. They should be in touch with their governors about this because governors have a lot of power around these issues, as do their workforce boards and agencies, and they should talk to the companies about giving people with disabilities a chance. We're now involved in a new TV series just started last night on A&E Network um, called The Employables. And so I encourage people to watch it um, on A&E Network um, at 10 o'clock at night. There's seven more episodes, and it really shows people with disabilities who are on that job search. And giving people that chance to succeed and prove themselves is really so important. And that's the number one thing people can do is give somebody with a disability who also has strong abilities the chance to prove themselves and to make your organization stronger. Yeah, I love it. And to not make assumptions, because if you don't know, you don't know. You got to find out. It may not be as expensive as you think to make accommodations. As a matter of fact, I did some research on this, and um, you know, more than half of the accommodations cost nothing, cost nothing at all. Um, and so, I think it's important that we don't just jump to a conclusion or jump to something that you know we have a one-off situation on. I think it's important that we we do this research. We look at respectability.org, askjan.org, and and look at what are some of the possibilities because especially in this job market Jennifer I mean we people companies are struggling to hire people right now so is this are you seeing this having a positive impact through your work that that the market is just very much in favor of the job seeker we we do see that a lot of companies um, particularly those who are more um, I don't know more intentional about their talent strategy are now intentionally recruiting people with disabilities so I'll give you an example 
um, people with autism frequently have a lot of challenges around social skills. They might not feel comfortable giving you eye contact or making um, sort of water cooler conversations and chit chat. So Microsoft also knows, um, as does SAP and Google and other companies, that people with autism um, frequently have much higher skills in pattern recognition and computer software. So they have started to create a very different job interview process where it's not about shaking somebody's hand and looking at their eyes. They give them a problem. Here's a problem to solve. Um, let's see if you can solve the problem. If you can solve the problem, you might be the right kind of person to work at our company. Um, J.P. Morgan Chase this uh, past year, uh, a bank, major bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, hired more than 500 people with disabilities. And I can tell you, promise you, from here to the moon and back, they didn't do it for charity. They did it because they want good talent. And they figured out how to make the right accommodations or do the right screening for their talent to make sure they're getting the people that they need to give their customers the quality experience that they want. We see it at Coca-Cola. We see it at Microsoft. It's Starbucks. So these larger companies that have more experts in human resources are really sort of on the cutting edge in this. And we see the smaller companies, places like Quick Trip, are, are starting to catch up and also with people starting their own businesses. Yeah. And I love on your website, JenniferRespectability.org, you have a number of stories that I just, I started reading and I couldn't stop reading. And, um, you know, one that really jumped out at me was a an individual. Um, he's a veteran and he has a disability and he started his own um restaurant called Fourth and Olive and, you know, one best restaurant. But I mean, the, the point of it is, is he only hires in this population. And I love one of the quotes he has, which I'm going to I'm going to slightly modify just from our PG-13 rating. But um, a person with a good attitude operating at 50 percent um, is better than someone with a crappy attitude operating at 100 percent. And I just you know, that just kind of jumped out at me. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's no doubt that there have been a number of studies that show that employees with disabilities are um, very, very loyal on the job. They appreciate the opportunity to work, particularly if they give them the right accommodations so that they can really thrive and deliver incredible value. And so the job turnover of people with disabilities is much lower. And there are a lot of studies showing that the morale of an entire office, not just the person with a disability, but the people working around the person with a disability, actually go up significantly um, when they hire people with disabilities. So they see um, just what they can do. And, and, you know, you see even in places like Iowa or Minnesota where people who are blind um, or are deaf that it snows and it's an incredible weather situation and they show up for, for work on a regular basis and they don't miss. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very loyal, um, very, very committed to the work environment. Yeah, I love that this owner, um, Dan Tapia, says, you know, when you hire someone with a disability, you're hiring someone with with something to prove who's never going to do anything to jeopardize the opportunity because he or she is not taking anything for granted. I was like, well said, Dan. I could not have said it better. Um, But then he goes on to say, and I believe this is true, the biggest obstacle is educating other employers on how to hire from this population. So I think I think he's absolutely right in that. And is is there any I mean, I know we've talked about a couple of websites, but I mean, in terms of employers who are shying away from this because they don't know what to do, what is your recommendation? Well, I think they can just look around for best practices. There's actually a a couple of organizations, uh, Disability In and the National Organization on Disability Coach Companies on how to do this. Um, But there's just so much available online for free. I mean, anyone who goes to respectability.org can find just so many webinars and toolkits and, you know, how-tos and FAQs that, you know, really no matter what the question is, you're not the first person to ask it. You're not, you know, ignorant just because you asked it. You're just like anybody else who's learning something new. So don't be afraid to use your friend Mr. Google and, uh, and see how many resources that you can find. It's really... Very, very easy, um, you know, once you um, make the decision to go ahead and do it. Yeah, I love that. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. In case you didn't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So if you 
or a friend needs some help, check out our good friend, Mr. Google. But NAMI.org National Alliance on Mental Health is a great place to start with this. And we're very excited today to have Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, a nonprofit organization fighting stigmas and advancing opportunities for people with disability on the show all hour long, answering your questions, listening to your advice. We are here. We need to talk about this. You've got a question. There is no silly question. Give us a call, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So one thing we've been talking about is, you know, all these employers who are moving forward with with these programs, AT&T, you've mentioned a number of them. But interestingly, in the news not too long ago, we heard about Walmart uh, getting rid of the greeter position and all the the lash out of this and... um, you know, let's talk about this a little because I think when you and I talked, I, I learned a lot more about this situation, which was was very enlightening. Can you can you share some of the background of that? Absolutely. First of all, Walmart is probably the largest private sector employer of people with disabilities in the world. In the world, they have literally um, more than eight thousand employees who get um, you know significant accommodations to do their jobs, and many who don't require any accommodations. Walmart is a very inclusive employer, but unfortunately, they're very much under the gun from Amazon, um, which is causing, you know, all retail to have to cut costs as much as they can. We see, you know, Sears going out of business, and we see, you know, Toys R Us going out of business. There's a real difficult spot for people working in retail. And so what Walmart and other companies in retail are having to do is ask employees to sometimes take on more tasks and different tasks than they've had to do before. And so they did have some challenges that some people um, weren't as um, ready or able to do, you know, different kinds of jobs. Um, But that was a very small handful of people out of the um, tens of thousands of people with disabilities, literally, um, that Walmart um, currently employs. So we have to be very careful. This is an evolving economy. And as, you know, we have more robots coming in, it's going to start taking away some jobs. As we see you know, cost-cutting by companies because of companies like uh, Amazon or ones who are using, you know, artificial intelligence and other things. There's a lot of pressure in the workforce, whether people have disabilities or not, and we have to be really ready to be flexible and to have skills ready so that we can transfer to the jobs of the future. Yeah, and I think this is a great example of read (laughs) below the headlines, people. And I say this to myself as well because we read what's in the headlines and we're so... We're so kind of guided by whatever the media says because we're not digging into this. And I think I think this is a perfect example of the fact that um, we, we need to learn more. We need to educate ourselves, not just on this topic, but a lot of topics going on right now, because often we're, we're making assumptions and just missing the bigger picture. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Jennifer. We're so excited. If you're just joining us, we are talking all hour long with Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, a nonprofit organization fighting stigmas and advancing opportunities for people with disabilities. Respectability.org, if you want to learn more about that. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. If you have a question, we are taking them all hour right now. If it's Thursday, 844-942-7866. Or maybe you have a comment or maybe you're struggling to find a job. We want to hear from you. All hour on Career Talk, 844-942-7866. You can also tweet your question at Dr. Don Graham. And right now, we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? There's a quiz, and I think Dion's going to get this one. So we're talking about birds. We're talking about birds. How much you know about birds, Dion? I know some. All right. I think you're going to get this. Okay, this is the only bird that can fly backwards. This is the only bird that can fly backwards. If you think you know, 844 I'm just looking at Dion's face. No, I think I know that one. I think you do too. I have confidence in you. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk. On Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown.
Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Series XM, Channel 132. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and you can also follow me on Twitter, at Dr. Don Graham. And if you haven't read, read my new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success, you can get it on Amazon and many fine booksellers. So, hey, we're very excited. We're celebrating um, May's Mental Health Awareness Month, and we have a fantastic guest with us today. So we are just having a great all-around show and we want to hear from you, 844-942-7866, all hour long, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. And if you missed the pre-break quiz, I'll give it to you one more time. It's actually really short. This is the only bird that can fly backwards. If you think you know, give us a call, 844-942-7866. So we're excited today on Career Talk to have Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the President of Respectability, a nonprofit organization fighting stigmas and advancing opportunities for people with disabilities. And Jennifer, when people want more resources and information after the show, how can they reach you or learn more? So they can go to our website, which is um, respectability.org, or they can just email me directly at jenniferm at respectability.org. We always want to be in touch with people, and we want to be helpful, especially to give them the facts in their area, because no matter where you live, we've probably um, testified on these issues, and we're happy to give you facts. You have them at your fingertips. Yeah, don't go it alone. I love that. Um, so I want to talk in the second part of the show, Jennifer, more about the individual job search and, and strategies for individuals with disabilities who are, who are going um, through this process. And then, of course, you have some very interesting things about working in Hollywood that would be fun to talk about as well. And if you have a disability that you fear is impacting your job search, we want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. We're here Thursdays live and, uh, hey, we have a special coming up. Wharton Reunion Radio is this weekend to celebrate Wharton Reunion. So I'll be doing a show live noon Eastern time on Saturday if you want to check that out right on Sirius XM 132. So right now we're going to go to Monica in Arizona. Monica, what is on your mind today? Hi. Good morning. Um, my question is, do I have to disclose my disability during the application process. I have noticed when I fill out the online application, there is a form that asks about the types of disability that you can have. I was diagnosed with a bipolar 2 disorder mm-hmm. a week ago. So I feel like I have been, like I just hit a wall and I don't know how to do, how to do this. I don't know if I have to disclose this to my employer upfront or at any point um yeah, great question, Monica. And I think a lot of people have very similar questions because as we're talking about uh, on the show, Jennifer, we know that that not all disabilities are visible. So in in Monica's case, what is your advice in terms of if or when in the process she should consider disclosing that she has bipolar disorder? So first of all, Monica, thanks for your great question. It's actually illegal for them to ask you um, before they've hired you if you have a disability or not. So they're violating the law in the way that they're doing um, their application. Um, You should let your employer know um, after you have a job offer. And and when you get a job offer, it's good to get it in writing so they don't rescind the offer, um, you know, if they hear that you have a disability, because if they do, then they're in violation of some laws. You don't even have to tell them that you have bipolar disorder. There's no need to tell them that. What you can tell them is, hey, um, I have a um, medical condition that requires me to see a doctor once a week. And so I'd like to talk to you about flex time to make sure that during the day, you know, one day a week or whatever it is that is your particular situation, um, that you um, let them know what is going on. You might want to ask them what's their policy um, about sick leave or about working at home sometime. If you then want to disclose what the medical condition is, you can, but then you should do it really just with a human resources officer in confidence and not, you know, there's no reason to broadcast it to all of your team. Um, Really just it's sort of a need-to-know basis. Mm -hmm. Monica, have you you experienced, um, have you disclosed it and have you experienced any backlash over it? 
Um, I have currently because obviously you don't get diagnosed uh, bipolar just by going to the um, uh, <laughs> to the regular doctor. <laughs> I had noticed, you know, like uh, situations and things like that until I was able to talk to my doctor, and then he brought some resources for me where I was properly diagnosed. And um, I know my manager is questioning, you know, why um, why I I do certain things, like I'm constantly distracted, you know, I'm, um, and, and it's part of my condition. It's, you know, my brain can work 100 miles per hour with precision in some things, and others it won't. And, and I don't know how to switch gears at times. Um, so it's been... It's been hard. Um, I know my manager just gives me this look like, oh, okay. Maybe she's just an old lady. Yeah, Um, I think, okay, so you're, and this is another good point that you bring up, Monica. So you're already in a job and you've been, you've been diagnosed while you're at the job. And this is a new, this is a new diagnosis. And now you're trying to think about how do I, how do I work with my manager and, and do this differently? So I I actually want to address that question too, because I think there's probably a lot of people listening who are finding themselves in a similar position as to that. Um, And Jennifer, as we think about this, I mean, as I'm listening to Monica, I think if you're diagnosed with a disability and you don't even know what to ask for or how to ask for it because it's new to you as well, what advice do you have um, for individuals who are kind of stuck in that position where it's new and, and they're not even really sure what they need? Right. So many people who have a disability, it's actually fairly newly acquired due to aging or accident or illness, as I said earlier. Now, bipolar disorder, um, most people who have it weren't born with it. They usually don't get it until they're in their 20s. So it almost sneaks up on them. They're like, what's going on and why are things different for me now? It's something that people acquire, but they're not the first person to ever get it. So Organizations like NAMI that you were talking about before have a lot of resources for people living with mental health conditions. There's also JED, and there's a number of other organizations that specialize in this. No matter what your disability doesn't matter whether it's mental health or physical or sensory, there's probably an entire national organization devoted just to people with your disability, and they have a lot of tools and tricks to help you succeed. It's not just up the employer, I will say to, to you in Arizona that there are all kinds of ways that people with bipolar disorder can sort of help themselves with their organizational skills, how you can use your calendar creator on your, on your computer to help you chunk out tasks so you know when your deadlines are and what needs to be done at each stage of a project, for example. Um, a lot of people with disabilities really can benefit tremendously from um, these different kinds of new technologies that will help you organize your time and your task. Additionally, things like using the accessibility features, which come standard in every computer, for example, your computer and your phone will talk to you through a document so that you can get it by reading it and by hearing it at the same time. If you want to write notes for you to follow up on something later, you can use speech-to-text with Siri or Dragon Naturally Speaking. I really um, encourage you to find the tools that are there to help you succeed because it's not just up to your employer. It's really up to you to find a lot of resources because there's a lot out there that can help you do even better and take the pressure off yourself. Why should you have to worry about it? Um, You know, just systematically go through it and find what are the things that are going to help you organize time and task, for example, um, using a lot of these new technologies. Yeah, I I love that, um, Jennifer. I mean, I, I think I think Monica is developing this this support, finding people who um, maybe are are dealing with this as well. Resources online. I think there is a community that you can go to who have come before you and will have a lot of great advice on the specifics. And, and you know, your employer is, is probably going to be open to it. It's just a matter of, of you driving that conversation. So I, I really appreciate you calling in, Monica, your support for the show and um, your great question, which I know is helping a lot of listeners who are having the same question. So thank you so much for giving us a call here on Career Talk 844-Wharton, 844-942-786. 
six. And, um, you know, Jennifer, I think I think a lot of the stuff that I'm reading, you know, one of the things that jumped out to me, we, we say this to all job seekers. But I mean, I think in terms of whether or not you want to disclose there, there is this situation of you want to you're assessing the organization as well. And, you know, just as much as they're evaluating you and you kind of want to know what kind of culture you're going into. So I, th- I think this is this is part of something that you want to assess. What what is a good way to assess this if you're you're not sure you want to disclose your disability? Well, one of the things is is that um, you know whenever you're a minority, you don't always want to be the first of that minority to join an organization. Like let's say you're Latina or you're African American and you're thinking of applying at a place and you see that a hundred percent of the people are white. What is it going to be like for a person of color to be in that organization? And so people want to feel that there's cultural competency and that there's welcomeness. And so if they have diversity on their website as one of their values, for example, if in their um, equal opportunity statement on their website disability is cited as one of the things in, in, in that policy, if they have a website that shows pictures of their team or their people with visible disabilities, like they use a wheelchair or they're blind, they're in their picture for example. So you can kind of get a, a sense of it, but sometimes you just have to ask. And, and I will also tell, the, tell you that there's a website that will um, sort of rats out employers. Um, it's, uh, I think it's called uh, Glass... Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Glassdoor? Glass, Glassdoor. Yeah. That if you go to Glassdoor, you can frequently look up organizations and people who work there will tell you, oh, the bosses are mean or the bosses give you too much work or, you know, on a whole wide range of issues you can ask. But look, you know, unfortunately, most people with disabilities are not sitting there with five different job opportunities, and they're trying to find which is the warmest, best place of the mm-hmm. five job offers. They're lucky to get any job offer. So by definition, if you're getting offered a job, it's already a place willing to take a risk on you potentially. And so that's a great opportunity to sort of grab the ring and go in there and prove yourself and do a great job and show them that there should be even more people with disabilities on their team. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We've got Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability, here talking about job search, reducing stigmas, and advancing opportunities for people with disabilities all hour long, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you are questioning when, if, how to disclose your disability in an interview or to an employer, you have called the right show, 844-942-7866. And we have to answer our pre-break quiz. This is the only bird that can fly backwards. And Dion, we have somebody on the phone, which lets you off the hook, which is, 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 I'm kind of sad because I think you know it. I think I know it too. All right. You write it down and then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll see. We'll see if you get it right. (laughs) Ashley in Illinois. What do you think the answer is for the only bird that can fly backwards? I think the answer is the hummingbird. The hummingbird. Now, what makes you say hummingbird? Because I uh, sit in my back deck and watch them feed from our feeder, and they kind of come in and out back and forth. So okay. they can fly backwards. So you've seen it. You didn't Google it. That's all I was trying to get at. Yep. <laughs> You're right. It is a hummingbird. Dion, what was your answer? That's what I had. I, yeah. Show me through the glass. I, I, I don't have to... proof like Ashley, though. Like oh, okay. I just heard it somewhere. Okay. False. <laughs> So hummingbirds have a unique muscle and wing structure that gives them a level of flight control similar to a miniature helicopter. Like a helicopter, they can hover, fly right to left, left to right, diagonal forwards, backwards, and they fly at a speed of up to 30 miles an hour with their wings flapping up to 100 times per second. 100 times per second. So Dion's just looking at me like... (laughs) That's fast. Yeah, I bet they are. And, and, okay, they eat constantly because of all of this motion. So they eat twice their body weight just to stay alive each day. Got to burn those calories. Got to burn those calories. So, anyway. And they're very territorial. Really? uh, They don't like other birds coming to feed at the feeder with them. So they're constantly battling another bird to, to be able to eat. Okay. So, like, other hummingbirds or just any birds? No, other hummingbirds. Hmm. They're always they're always dive bombing each other, trying to 
uh, take possession of the feeder. See, I didn't know that. See, Ashley, I, bringing the facts. This well, is like Animal Planet. No, this is good because endless, endless hours watching these. Things. Well, this is like not even like internet facts. These are real facts. He's observed it. It's oh, like yeah. research. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I think I think there's only a couple of different kinds in Illinois, actually, uh, that that make it up this far. Yeah, now you're getting way beyond my skill level with <laughs> with birds. Ashley's got us all beat. I know. Okay. But we, we yeah, I could have actually said, what's the most aggressive bird? I didn't realize they were that aggressive. Who knew? Who knew? And they can fly they backwards. So they have clear advantage in the world of birds. Hey, thank you so much, Ashley, for, for calling in and hanging on the line with us. Good job on answering the pre-break quiz. We're going to give it to you anyway, Dion, because I, I saw in your eyes you had the answer. I had it. I know. I just, I can tell. I can tell. Hey, you're just tuning in. We're, <laughs> we are talking all hour. Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability. And we are taking your calls. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are here live, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you are approaching a job search and you have a disability and you want to know if when, how you should disclose. We're here all hour, 844-942-7866. Hey, Jennifer, you've, you've done some really cool stuff with Hollywood. And, um, you know, I know we've, there's been some things in the news about, about you know, actors taking roles where, you know, from individuals who are disabled and could have played those roles. And that's been really, you know, kind of popular in the news. So, so what's going on in Hollywood and what's the work you do there? Well, we love to work with people in Hollywood because we have found that overall they really want to do the right thing around portrayal of people with disabilities. It's just that they frankly, they don't know what they don't know, and they just keep getting it wrong. And so one thing they get wrong is they, in films and television, they they tend not to show people with disabilities on screen as if we didn't exist in society. So, you know, as I mentioned before, it's one out of every five people has a disability, but actually less than 3% what we see on screen are people with disabilities. And when they show people on screen with disabilities, it's always a white cisgender man. So as if people who were women or people of color or people from the LGBTQ community didn't have disability. And that's not the case because disability impacts every kind of demographic. Moreover, 95% of the time, and I'm not exaggerating, there have actually been scientific studies where they went and counted it, 95% of the time, those roles are played by actors without disabilities. So people in the disability community often call that crip face, just like blackface, that it's people without disabilities pretending to have disabilities. So we want to see more people with disabilities um, as screenwriters, as producers, really behind the camera making the shows, because then they'll make it authentic and get the story right, and more as actors. We want more people with disabilities to go into film and television. So we actually have training programs. We have something coming up, a lab program for people who want to go into production end of television and film. Um, We do a lot of uh, training for Disney and ABC and Sony and NBC and Pixar and others to help them get that disability story right. And in fact, it's really good for their profit margin because we are a very large audience. Uh, You know, when we're one out of every five people, literally the majority of people have a loved one with a disability. It might not be them, but it might be their uncle or their brother or their nephew or their child. Mm-hmm. And you you have an example of, of how you've worked in this industry and had positive outcomes. You actually have many examples um, in this area. So I have to ask, when do you sleep? When do you sleep? Uh-huh. I don't get nearly enough sleep, Don. Not nearly enough sleep. So, and I want to plug again the Employables, your your show on A&E. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about, about that and what's coming up in the next eight episodes? So it just started last night, and it shows job seekers who have autism or who have Tourette's, but who have some really good job skills, and it shows them in their job journey looking for jobs and how they get jobs. But you know what? It's actually really a fun show. They have really very great winning personalities, interesting stories. It's very compelling, very fun to watch. And it also shows the process. Um, and so there's eight, there's seven episodes left. A&E is a very good network in that they also had the TV show 
Born This Way, which was uh, which produced for them 13 Emmy nominations and three wins, including Best Reality Show. They also had the show Deaf Out Loud, and they do some things on addiction and mental health that are important also. So A&E Network is having more and more of this nuanced programming that lifts up stories, authentic stories of people with disabilities. Unfortunately, in terms of the main networks, NBC, ABC, and CBS, um, the only show that starred somebody with a disability and had that really as its focus um, was Speechless, and unfortunately, um, it was canceled this week. So there's not a single network television show that really revolves around uh, a storyline or an actor who has an actual um, disability themselves. Though so we are happy to see a lot of the good things that happen in the show The Good Doctor and some other shows um, like NCIS New Orleans, for example, um, that have sort of a smaller element. Um, but there really is a lot of growth um, opportunities there for improvement. Yeah, that's that's awesome. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel 132. So, Jennifer, as we wrap up, you know, I think um, I think the challenge is that we need to all be more curious. We need to ask more questions. We need to to break through our assumptions and and kind of get more educated about this. You know, what are some strategies you have for our listeners, whether they're hiring managers, recruiters, or, um, you know, just individuals who want to learn more to move forward with this? I think there's just a lot of simple things they can do. For example, whenever they have videos on their website, they should put them first on YouTube because YouTube has an algorithm that will instantly put captions on their videos for free, instantly. And that means that anyone who's deaf or hard of hearing can connect to their organization or the videos that they're showing. To have pictures that show people with disabilities interacting with people without disabilities just like anybody else. To really demonstrate um, and make their website um, disability friendly because in today's environment people's website really is their front lobby Um, you know because people spend so much time on screen it's very important that their website be inclusive and that it be accessible to people who are deaf or blind yeah and I think a lot of people don't even think about that when they're when they're doing this and I think more and more um, attention is being paid to this especially in in universities and the such because we don't we don't necessarily create that with a broad mind so I think pointing that out and making sure that people are, are, are doing that up front, not waiting, waiting to be asked, but saying, like, does this um, video material or whatever it is apply broadly is a great way to get started. So, hey, Jennifer, this has been so incredibly educational, uh, informative, fun. You've given us so many resources throughout the last hour, and I just think it's, it's a great leaping off point for everybody who's listening to get more educated on this topic. So one last time, where can people reach you or learn more information if they want more information on this topic? Hey, Don, thanks for having me. It's www.respectability.org. It's respectability.org. Thank you so much for having me and thanks to the listeners. Yeah, you are you are just a you're an amazing person with a ton of passion and what you've done to to promote goodness in the world and move this issue forward is just phenomenal and I just want to applaud you for that Jennifer it's it's pretty amazing so um I hope you do get some sleep at some point but keep keep fighting the good fight in the meantime hey if you're just tuning in well you're catching the last 10 seconds of career talk so you're gonna have to catch us on iTunes or Google Play but thank you to all of our listeners and callers and of course to Michelle and Dion who make this show awesome every week We love being here every Thursday at noon Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 132 Career Talk for you. And we will see you next time.